What's up, podcasters? It's Julie Story. Welcome back to my podcast. This is a place where I keep it real in the journey of being a boss babe entrepreneur. You're getting the real life stories, ridiculous stories, the drama, if you will, plus some wisdom on the side and some strategy for dessert. So get sat down because you're getting some crazy stories this week, some stuff happening lost dogs, crazy kids stories, ridiculousness. Plus I'm talking to you about puzzle solving in your brand. I'm telling you some stories about my life. What happens when I get to these moments where I don't know what to do in my brand? How do I get from point A to point Z? Then I'm talking to you about giving you some motivational, inspirational pep talk. Just be yourself, girl. It's all here right after my sponsors. Welcome back to another episode. You're here, I'm here. I haven't done a podcast all week and I'm feeling it like it is time to sat down, get sat down. This week has been a little bit busy because my son was actually not feeling well on my normal record podcast day. So I had to like put on pause a little bit to be mama bear, but I'm here now. And let me tell you the adventures of just this morning. Like, I don't even understand why this stuff happens the way that it does, but I gotta, I gotta share with you. So backstory, I told you Lucy got lost. I think I told you Lucy got lost. Um, and we didn't even know she was lost. And I felt terrible because how do you not know that your dog is lost? But we were cleaning a couple Saturdays ago, cleaning out the car. Lelia was cleaning the car And a series of unfortunate events happened where she got stabbed with a pencil while like cleaning out the car. And my role is with the kids, the back seat is your dominion. You need to take care of your dominion, your area. Teaching them to be responsible people that will leave this house. Like I swear my children will leave this house being able to pick up their shoes and put them away. Like it will happen. I know it will happen. It doesn't seem like it a lot of times, but I made some changes. I added little stickers on the bottom of the shoe closet saying, this is lava. If your shoes touch lava, they get burned and you lose media time. It's amazing how quickly the shoes get put into the cubbies where they belong now with the threat of lava underneath them. But in any case, she was cleaning out the backseat, gets stabbed with the pencil. And when my child, when my child's, both of them, when they see um, blood of any kind, you know, trigger warning, I'm about to talk to a, I'm about to talk to you about a droplet of blood. So if that is going to make you queasy, you know, fast forward the podcast, they are absolutely triggered by the like the most dramatic responses ever to like the littlest bit of blood. I mean, my son comes in, my son, my 10-year-old, he will come in from a great day at school playing hard, you know, just being a boy. Great, awesome. I love when they're dirty at the end of the day. It means they had fun. They sweat great. They're running around having a great life. He will come home from school and say, mom, I'm bleeding. And I will say, and I've learned now, bleeding in my children's dictionary, I have a dictionary that is just my children's explanation of things. Bleeding means slightly red. Bleeding could mean a scab accidentally got scratched and there's a pin drop full amount Bleeding could just generally mean I have blood inside of me. It's just it, any of those things could mean bleeding. So my son will come home and say, I am bleeding. And what I know that to mean is he probably fell down 
there's a slight redness on his knee and then lo and behold I look and that's what it is so that's that equals bleeding in the kid's kingdom so you can imagine the trauma of my daughter being stabbed by a pencil and there actually being two droplets of blood oh my goodness it was like call the ambulance you know get the turner kit we we gotta we got some stuff we gotta do now I I get I get her concern because being stabbed with a pencil is a thing and and I saw this going around on Facebook I don't know if you saw it but there there was, it was probably a BuzzFeed thing because BuzzFeed always has these kind of articles that I click on it was if you've been stabbed by a pencil you still have the lead and you know the story it's like if you have you know if you have the scars of the lead inside your body you are still gonna remember that story and you know what happened. And so I, I, this was, this was her time. She had gotten stabbed by this pencil. The blood is dripping. And so she comes in from the garage and leaves the door open. And the first thing that I'm thinking is, you know, I assess the level of concern in this moment. And I, you know, what happened, I look in, there's a couple drops and I just, you know, tell her to hop up on the sink. We put her feet in the sink and rinse it off and we're fine, but we're still crying. So and during that ordeal, Lucy thought this is brilliant because everybody's distracted and I want to go to Narnia. So Lucy straight up left through the wardrobe, went away to our neighbor's house, and then we're taking care of the patient who is soaking her foot inside of what, because I didn't know if there was like lead inside the foot or not, or if it was just like, you know, just, just could see the remnants. I don't know what it is with kids and feet. It just, kid feet are just magnets for um, opportunities to grow in your pain capacity. It seems like, I remember when uh, the kids were little, I I was taking them on a bike ride, you know, in St. Pete, which is a little ways away from where we are, like 45 minutes, and so beautiful in St. Pete, Florida, like beautiful. People come to vacation where I live, and um, I always want to go vacation somewhere else because I'm so used, you know, when you get so used to, like, what's beautiful about your city, but I really, really try and, like, just be be grateful. So we went to go appreciate and live in gratitude of the beautiful land that we live in, the island that is Florida. And so we, um, we were getting our bikes out, and imagine... You have two kids, single parent, sister is there with her child, so two single moms. We have multiple bikes, we've got strollers, we've got all this stuff. We, it, you know, it took us three and a half hours to pack the snacks, pack the water, get, get everybody to get their shoes on, because for some reason, kids getting their shoes on is, it is a lifetime of time. Like, you could either watch Titanic twice, or have your child put their shoe one shoe on like either one like it's it's just the equivalent so it took us forever to get down there and then we get down there and I'm not kidding you we we unload the bikes from the car my my son is I think he was probably around seven or eight at this point put him on the bike he had decided to wear flip-flops on this bike ride because he is that child that wants the most convenient um, he wants convenience in his life. I don't really blame him because flip-flops are amazing. 
He puts on flip-flops to ride his bike, which is no big deal, except for the fact that as he begins to ride on the sidewalk, so everybody's on the sidewalk, we just shut all the car doors, we just locked the car doors, he skims, somebody had like a wood uh, planter area. And somehow, with the magic of being a child, the, the Kairos moment, which his name is Kairos, which means God's divine moment, but this moment happened where he's, pedaling his bike right like on right next to this wood planter so he scrapes the wood planter injecting inside of his foot a splinter now if you have children at all you you know that there's a few things in life that will debilitate a child very few things in life that will debilitate a child as much as a splinter in a foot I mean, this is right up there with I've fallen off a cliff down into lava. Like, it, that is pretty much the equivalent, at least in my kid's world. I don't know what it is with splinters and feet. and But he gets the splinter. And he is freaking out. Now, my sister's there who's a nurse. Thank goodness. Thank goodness I had a, a medical specialist there to help assist in this moment. Because had I not... He likely would have died. You would think that from his response. He's crying hysterically. He has the tiniest splinter you've ever seen in your life. It's barely a splinter. You have to literally squint. You can't tell if it's just dirt or, you know, a 16-inch long dagger that's in his foot. I mean, to him, it's the dagger. To you, is it dirt? I don't know. So this moment is going on, and I'm thinking... We now have to avert all of our plans because we're freaking out. And, and, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Kai, it'll be okay. We'll get it out when we get home. Like, it's really not the big deal. Oh, no, no, we, we cannot. We have to get this one out immediately. It's going or he's going to die. So my sister is like, well, we need tweezers. I didn't bring tweezers because who is the mother who has tweezers in their car except for after this moment? You know, as a parent, um, you 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 learn. You know, as a business owner, when you're like you're you come across these situations, and all of a sudden, um, as you grow your business, your contract starts changing. And the reason why your contract starts changing is because you run into these moments where you have these opportunities for growth, and you're thinking, I need to have a clause about this in my contract. This is what happens in the mom world as well. You keep running into these things, and you're thinking. I need to make some serious adjustments in my life to make sure that I'm there's preventative care happening so that I'm just ready because I never know. So I wasn't ready. Apparently, I was a novice mom having an 8-year-old and a 9-year-old. Did not have, or I guess he was probably longer, 7, seven years old or 6 years old. I didn't have tweezers in my car. So we went to that individual who had the beautiful planter and said, you know, knocked on the door, hey, listen, we um we need some operation tools because my son's dying in your sidewalk. So if you wouldn't mind, and they were very gracious and they gave us tweezers and my sister got it out in like three seconds and then onward we go. But I don't know what it is about kids and feet. If it's not kids' feet, which by the way, <sighs> if it's not kids' feet, it's kids' eyes. <laughs> Why? Why does this stuff happen? I don't know. Like nobody told me before I became a mom. You're going to need two things in your car at all times. 
one, an entire suitcase full of stuff, and two, medical supplies. Just copious amounts of medical supplies. Throw everything, like literally just walk down like Walgreens aisle of medical and just get one of everything and just have it in your car because you never know what is going to happen. And it's, it's, it's never like dramatic things. It's always the small things that are like the biggest drama. We, um... We used to go to the beach when the kids were little. When I was a single mother, I never went to the beach. The The beach was the biggest ordeal for me. And without fail, and this is probably why like, I'm learning to live in gratitude for Florida because people that are not from Florida, they always would ask me, oh, do you guys go to the beach? Or like single people or like people that, you know, didn't have kids would always ask like, oh, do you guys go to the beach? And, I'm, and I would look at them and I would... I, immediately the preparation for going to the beach would play through my mind and I would always say no because here's the thing as much as getting to the like the the thought of sitting on a beach is amazing like just sitting there in the ocean and the kids playing and laughing that is the Disney romanticized version of the beach I, I don't know I, I don't know if I've ever had that moment happen. It's, it's in my mind as like, oh, that's what the beach is. No, I'm going to tell you what the real beach is. The real beach is, is planning meals in advance the day before because there's something about kids and leaving the home it's it's like you can't get them to sit down and eat when they're at your home. As soon as they leave, it is like you they've never eaten in their life. So I especially with the beach, there's something about the heat and the sand and just being outside of the house and kids eating a lot that just they just want to eat. So I'm not and I'm not exaggerating, you know I exaggerate, I get that because I love the drama, but I'm not exaggerating when I say the last time that we went to the beach I think I packed five snacks for each of the children, two water bottles and a sandwich, and they were all gone within three hours. And I remember sitting there with Andre and I and I looked at him and I thought, I don't get it. Like we like within three hours, they're like, Where where's the food? We've run out of food. Like and it's even like the beach isn't even where you like you don't even sit and eat anyway, you're playing. So people would ask me, Oh, you go to the beach? No, I don't because all that food and preparation and then you have to find everybody's bathing suits and then without fail every time you like oh it's time to go to the beach they've grown five sizes so you have to actually stop this has happened multiple times we're going to the beach a child's bathing suit no longer fits them we have to stop at the store to shop for a bathing suit before going to the beach okay so then we get the then we get the bathing suit then we get to the beach within five minutes somebody has sand in their eye every single time and I and I didn't even want to speak it into existence but the first time that Andre Andre loves the beach the first time that we went to the beach as like I was dating him and all the stuff and I'm like you know let's see what life would be like together um you know we're dating I want to see what kind of husband that you'll be when we go to the beach because the beach is such an ordeal so we get to the beach after planning all the snacks getting all the stuff pulling all the stuff out of the trunk lugging it all to the edge of the water we are there for, I kid you not, five minutes, and, and Kairos has sand in his eye. Five minutes. So we had to pick up everything, go back to the car, pay $25 for our parking. Andre went to Walgreens, which any Walgreens or CVS, any, any store that is in, I don't know, 65 miles from the beach is going to be 25 times more expensive. 
That's why Florida living is extra special. I think that's why California living is extra special too. It's like if you if if you like we live probably twenty minutes from the beach. We're like not that close, but we're close enough. Even just just like five or ten miles away, the rent or the, the housing is like so different. It's like we live in like this luxury land. Like no, listen, we don't even go to the beach. Like we don't want to live in luxury land. But in any case, so he goes to get the eye drops. And um, I, as we're dropping these drops into my son's eye and packing up the car, that's when I'm noticing all of the sand that's in the backseat of the car. So not only is there a 45-minute you know, prepping to, to get into the car, after you go to the beach, we now have to vacuum out our car. We just don't go to the beach because every single... So this is, this is what I learned. For all of you parents out there that don't have that emergency kit in your car, you just need to have it. We we now carry Visine. And and this is where the two stories connect. This is so cool. Why does this stuff happen? Am I the only mom that this stuff happens to? We decided to take the kids back to St. Pete. This is a, these are completely different scenarios, completely different times. We decided to take the kids back to St. Pete for another bike ride because we just love bike riding. It's so great to get the kids outside and it's something we can all do together and it's great. It sounds really uh, Disney romanticized life, doesn't it? And then we're about, oh, a mile and a half from our car, which has the eye drops, when Lelia gets something in her, her eye while we're biking. So now she can't see and she's crying because she has something in her eye. And so Andre has to, by this time we're married, he is back on his bike hustling a mile and a half down the road. This man rode three miles and his bike to go back to the car to get the Visine. And the best part, I think the best part was, so she... She um, is crying because there's something in her eye and we have to, you know, we, everybody gets off the bikes. Andre is hustling back to the car to get the, the eye drops that I learned as a mom to have in my car. We're walking now and about at the point, so he's been gone, I don't even know, like 15 minutes or whatever. But about the time that I can see him, suddenly she opens her eye and she says, oh, it's gone now. <laughs> Like, if that's not parenting, I don't know what parenting is. Like, it's just tons of opportunities for adjusting your attitude, tons of opportunities for growth. Oh, my goodness. So, going back to the dog story. So, all that to say, Lucy gets out. And I was thinking about this today because um, last week, after Lucy got out, I see this dog who got out in our neighborhood and go get the dog ask our neighbor about whose dog this is. Like I had this moment where I found somebody else's dog and I thought I wouldn't know what this feels like unless I had gone through it. And I, I had felt like, you know, I love dogs. And like, if I had seen this dog at another time in my life, I, I feel like I would have gone after it, but it kind of ran away from me. And I like had to hustle and try and, you know, get this dog back. So it took some time. Well then today I'm sitting outside and I'm just like, breathing in the fresh air there's a park right right by our house so I'm at the park and I'm just like gratitude like my morning habits and all of a sudden I look over and I see this dog another dog that is now lost in the neighborhood and you know I 
I'm thinking this is this tiny little, so like probably half the size of Lucy. It was a little miniature um, pincher, I think it is. I don't think, maybe it's not a miniature pincher. I don't know. It's a little dog. So Lucy is now, sees the dog, wants the dog. The dog's scared. I run back to my house, put Lucy away, put down my coffee, run back, go over to this dog who is scared. Like this dog is scared out of her mind. She's so tiny. So I pick her up bring her back to my house and I start calling the number on the collar because I'm thinking I gotta find this dog all I could think is I gotta find this dog's like owner like so I call the number on the phone on the tag thank goodness it had a number on its tag I called but they didn't answer like I called several times I left several messages I sent out text messages like I was like SOS I have your dog because the only thing that I can think of is like somebody somebody is lost this dog and they're worried and like I don't want somebody feeling that way I want them to know like your dog is okay then I take the dog out on a leash because I'm thinking well if I this this first thing that I did when I lost Lucy was I went outside to look for her so I was thinking well if somebody's out there looking for her right now I want to be out there so I can hear if they're calling the dog nobody's outside so I go to our neighbor the same neighbor that helped me find the owner of the last dog and she doesn't know who the dog is and she's like oh I saw that dog running around a few days ago I couldn't catch it and so I'm thinking oh my gosh this dog has been gone for days so I call and call and call no avail nothing and this poor dog is so scared so I take it back to my house and all I can think of is like these people don't know that their dog is lost so I end up calling um the other number on the tag connected me to the sheriff's office and they were able to let me know the uh house number of the owner which was actually they actually live on our street and it was funny because when I found the dog it was way away from that particular house number but as when the dog saw Lucy it started running back it actually ran back to its home it was actually on the front lawn of the house that it lived in when I went to like go save it, which I didn't even think, I didn't even think like, oh, I need to knock on this person's door because the last time I did that with the other dog, the other dog ran to a complete stranger's door and just sat down. So I didn't think, oh, this dog knows what it's doing. I thought it was like the other dog. Anyway, so I brought the dog back. I rang the doorbell a couple times. Nobody comes to the door. And finally, this gentleman comes to the door and he's like, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, is this your dog? And he's like, oh, yes, thank you. And he takes the dog and he goes inside. And I was just kind of like, I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, I've had this dog for two hours in my home. Like I've been calling all these numbers. He didn't even know the dog was gone. He was just kind of like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then like went on I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm just not that person. Like when, when I found Lucy, like even though I didn't know if she was gone, I was, oh my gosh, like I was, my expression was just like so relieved and like, I was like, thank you so much. I went and bought cookies for them. Like we made that we homemade them cookies. We um we wrote them cards. Like the the people like down the street, we wrote them cards and I sent the kids down there to give them cookies and cards, just say like, thank you so much for finding our dog. Like I was just so relieved and this was just like so strange. This guy's like, Oh, thanks. Like she could you can hear Lucy itching over there right now with her card, which has the tag on it that has our number on it. Everybody needs to have that. Like, just just put on there, if lost, please text me. I will give you cookies. Like, please text me. A bottle of wine is waiting for you. That's what I need to put on Lucy's tag because, oh my goodness, I was just so relieved. I was so relieved. 
In any case, that's what's been going down. This week has been so full. Like it's, it has been the most amazing week of just like getting stuff done. And I, I got to this moment yesterday and just want to encourage like all you boss babes out there. Oh man, we don't talk enough about the journey. You know, I'm all about the journey here on the podcast of just like, this is what journey is like as a business owner. So I have all these goals. I have all these things I'm doing. I'm, I'm done with the course that I've created. This course is like so incredibly like life-changing and I know because I'm living the change like all this stuff that I've been doing is like exactly it like oh my gosh it's so amazing so I have all my goals I have all these things that I'm doing every day and it's 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 like a completely different business like it's like even my own business from implementing these like amazing strategies like I've had the most successful two months probably in my entire business like of all time amazing right so I get to this moment where yesterday I'm like working on like my goals and I'm working on some of these tasks and I'm 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 moving towards these very specific strategic plays these power plays in my business and I I would keep getting to these moments where I was thinking I don't know what like there's an area that I need to learn and I don't know how to do this particular thing, which essentially is what being an entrepreneur is, right? Like you're going down towards a direction and you don't know how to do something. And what, I, what I've what i seen so much in women and business owners is as soon as they don't know what, how to do something, they either try to figure it out for a hot second and then quit. They try and figure it out for like two weeks and then quit. Or they never try and figure it out at all. They just say, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I don't know. And they kind of give up. We're, we are in this place right now as business. Like it is the best time ever to run a business right now. Like we, you can literally teach yourself everything that you need to know. You just have to put in the time to do it. Or you can invest uh, you can invest into having somebody put all the information in front of you. I mean, that that's really where we're at. It's one of the reasons why I'm making courses, like making it easier for entrepreneur women to get the information that they need all packaged in a beautiful way, in a way that actually makes sense for growing in their businesses. So, but if you have enough hustle and enough um, focus, you can really figure out anything and yeah there's people along the way that you're gonna need to ask questions and you know you can get wisdom from different people but if you really want it you can you can get it and I think one of the things that has been um a huge mental shift for me is that like everything that I need I already have I just have to look at it differently so everything that I that I need, even if it's like, oh, I need to learn this information, I can go online right now and find a YouTube video or find a podcast and learn how to do something. And I've kind of been thinking about it in my mind, like um, fishing. I just have this analogy. I think it's because of that proverb that's like, teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for a day. Or give a man a fish, you'll feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. I am, there's just very strategic parts of my business that I'm learning how to fish. And what's so crazy is like, we have this idea, I think as a, as entrepreneurs in the creative industry that you get to a point in your business where you reach a certain level and you've learned what you needed to learn. And the the one thing that I have 
definitely seen not only in major players successful in their brands, but also up and comings is that there's never a point where you arrive. And I, and I love what Gary Vee says about if you really want to, um, succeed as an entrepreneur, you got to find the fun in the journey. And so I was sitting there yesterday and I just, I was like, you know, hands on my temple. You know, when you put your fingers on your temple and you're just like rubbing your forehead, like, oh my gosh, like what, what is it? What do I need to do? I was sitting there and it felt like to me, and I told this to Andre, it felt like, um, an escape room, not in like a weird, that sounded really dramatic. You know, those escape rooms where you like solve puzzles to get to the end you're constant you're in this room and you you there's all these different like variables in the room and you have to solve these different puzzles in order to unlock various things to get to where you're to get to the end goal which is leaving the room and I felt like yesterday I was sitting there and there's all these different um there's all these different activities that hinge on each other have you ever noticed that in your business where it's like I can't do part A because I I can't I can't get to part Z because I have to get I have to start at part A and I can't go to part A without part B and I can't go to part B without part C and there's like all these little things kind of hinge on each other. And what's interesting is that what I found in running a business is that in between A and B there's a lot of different variables. You know this, you're trying to get a task done, trying to move from A to B. You can't get there because there's a lot of different variables, whether it's I need a tool and I can't afford the tool that I need. I need a better tool and I only have this tool right now or there's all these different things. And what I've found is that to get from point A to point Z and from point A to point B, there's going to be so many different variables that are in between problems that you can solve multiple ways. And I think what's happened is that entrepreneurs get stuck at solving the A to B problem one way. The reason they get stuck is because they're thinking in tasks. And I talk about this in my course. They're thinking in task modes. They're thinking about, I need to get from point A to point B. I've always done it a certain way. Let me do all these tasks to try and get there. Instead of thinking and asking yourself and brainstorming, taking time to solve the puzzle, even if you don't have all the pieces. And that's really the challenge of being an entrepreneur is that you're sitting there and I was sitting there yesterday and I'm looking at, I need to do this one thing. I cannot do this one thing in this way. This is not an option for me. I have to figure out a different way to do this. So I like stopped everything to try and solve this problem and it feels like, well, I can't do B because I need the parts of C and I can't do C because I need the parts of D, but I'm at A right now. And it's this weird, there's this weird tension. And, and what I realized yesterday is like slowing down and letting my brain think allowed me to solve those problems in a different way. And like in our businesses, we're going to have problems that we're going to have to solve and we're gonna have to solve them before we actually get to the activity of actually doing them. And this is one of the habits that I've definitely added into my brand is like no more rushing ahead and just doing stuff. Slow down a minute, let your mind think, give yourself 10 minutes, turn off the computer for 10 minutes, step away from your phone, get out your task list, brainstorm some, some ways you can get to that outcome and then make a decision on which one you're gonna do and stick to that decision. 
that's another thing that I've seen so many entrepreneurs do is that they make a decision and they try doing it, you know, 10 different ways and then they quit. And it just, it doesn't work like that. Like Disney didn't build his business that way. You know, like, um, you can't, you can't try something one way and then just totally give up and expect that you're ever going to like make that thing happen. If you really believe in it, if you really, really believe in it, you got to keep going at it multiple different ways. You got to start looking at how can I, how can I accomplish this outcome from, you know, a different angle and your brain will help you solve problems. That's, there's just so many different things in the way that we think that will actually assist us in solving the problems. We just have to think about it differently. One of the things that I've learned in even outside of my business, just with like my hobby and dressing up and doing photo shoots with my sister is I made a decision that if I'm going to do photo shoots every single month, I don't want to run out and buy something totally new every single month. Instead, I want to look at what I already have. I want to look at what I already have and I want to see it from a different angle and repackage it in a different way and go about it from a different perspective and create something out of out of what I already have. And like, there's so many different things that we already have in front of us that we can use to bring us to the next level that we can, we can rearrange it or rearrange our packages or rearrange our our structures of different parts of our businesses. We just have to pull back and look at it from a different perspective and give ourselves the time and space to actually do that. What that looks like for me is if I'm trying to get a particular goal and there's different obstacles to getting that goal is I'm brainstorming out. Like I said, I'm brainstorming. How do I reach this outcome? And I'm putting down every idea that I can, like anything that comes to my mind. And then I make a decision. I'm going to do this idea. I'm going to implement this idea to help move me to the next level. And I just, I stick to it because it's in front of me. It's written down in front of me. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And as I learn different information, if I'm educating myself ongoing, as I learn different information, I can make adjustments, but the destination is still the same. And as long as we reach the destination, then, then we win. So just reorganizing the way that we think about the tools we have in front of us, thinking about things differently in our mind, looking at what do we already have and asking ourselves how to make that work is going to serve us so much in the long run of our business. And it's going to actually give us more um, creative energy towards what we're actually working towards because we have put time, energy, investment, and our thought into actually moving us to the next place. I think that the way that we see challenges in getting stuff done really does have an impact on us actually sticking with the problem until it's solved. And one of the things that I'm working out of is feeling frustrated at the journey. So my personality, my temperament, I want things done fast. I want them done yesterday. And what I realized was like creating that pressure in me to move at such an incredibly fast pace all the time. And like if I have an idea to not only have the idea, conceptualize the idea, plan out the idea, but actually execute the idea all in one day wasn't producing an internal Julie that was happy. It was producing an internal Julie that always felt like I was running behind and then I was watching everybody rush ahead. And I've talked about this before, but um, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. When I started my business, you know, single mom, in living in my parents' house, um, trying to heal from a lot of different things at the same time that I'm running a business, like all that stuff is a lot. It's a lot at once. And when I was building my business at the time, 
there were some other real key leaders that were also building their business. And one of the things that happened was they were building their businesses with their spouse. So they were in business, like personal brands, but they also had their spouse. So they had two people working full time on their business. So what I started to see happen when I had two very little kids, um, my son was 18 months old and my daughter was three years, three years old and moving upward from there is I start, I started seeing as I was trying to build my business, all these people rush past me. I mean, just absolutely pummel me on success level. And it was so hard because I wanted to keep up with the big dogs. Like I wanted to keep up with them, but just practically I couldn't because I was working on my business, um, you know, just very, very little when I had another job. But when I ended up quitting the job and going full time into my business, there was a large majority of my time where I wasn't working, I was being a mama. And I was, you know, when my kids were awake, I was with them, I was playing, I was doing Pinterest crafts, I was at the park, like doing all these things as a mom. And they were running past me in their businesses. So now, um, just looking at where my business is now and just various levels of success that I've reached. And um, I told Andre yesterday, I said, you know, I don't, I don't slow down long enough to honor my journey. And that's something I'm really working on is like looking at saying, wow, like I built a business out of my parents' bedroom that was able to help so many other people in their business, so many other women, like I honor that part of my journey. And what I realized was like, there was so much that my journey that I didn't honor because I was so busy looking at what somebody else was doing and feeling less than. And that less than made me, um, made me not honor myself. It made me not honor my gifts. It made me feel like I'm not as worthy as that other woman because she's getting so much done and I'm not. And what was crazy was that just my view of what was getting done. Like I I viewed, oh, well, she's building this in her business and I'm an entrepreneur. I want that and all these different things. I viewed that as the target. And what was so crazy is that I was working on the most important target in life And I knew that my kids were the priority. I knew that's what I want to invest my time into. And I knew that's where I wanted my energy to go. But there was still a sliver of me that felt like, man, I really want to, I really want to build my business, you know, more. And I want to do all these different things. But it wasn't the season for me to be able to do that. Just practice. There's just no way. Like a single mom working part time. But what I was able to build was extraordinary and like honoring that and understanding like I've helped my clients get to six figure incomes because of the coaching and the work that I put in for them and the wisdom that I, you know, all these different things like I've helped my clients get to that point. And what's crazy is that I was able to do that while being an incredible mom and like I never have to look back on that season and say, oh, well, I should have done this, I should have done that. Like, I can look back and really honor that season in my life. And and so now that my kids are older and they're in school, I have more time to invest into building my business. But I think one thing that really stood out to me in the last year or so um, was that really success equals happiness. And if we're happy and if we feel alive, we feel vibrant, we feel energized, and we're doing the most important work that's really, really valuable to us, we can't look at somebody else and say, oh, that's success for my life because we don't know what's going on inside of their life. 
And we really have to take that seriously and say, look at ourselves and say, what's success for me? What does that look like for me? How do I define that in my life? And aligning our internal thought processes and our internal gratitude with those things and realizing that success doesn't equal at the end of our life an amazing brand. It can include that, but that's not all of it. And so I think just taking a step back and honoring, you know, the seasons and, you know, everybody, everybody, every woman is at a different season in her life as far as like her business and her personal life and all these different things. And it's not fair to us to look at somebody else's life and apply it to our own. It's not fair to our journey and our story and what we have to work through and the emotional highs and lows that we've had to experience as an entrepreneur. It's not fair to look at somebody else's story and dishonor our own in the process and look at somebody else and say, well, she has all this or she did this and she accomplished this or she reached the goal that I wanted to reach. It's not fair to do that because it disrespects where we've been showing up authentic and where we've been showing up with our priorities on point in our life. And I really, I really do believe like it's not worth losing your marriage or your kids in the process of building an empire. I, I really feel like if you lost, if you lost that um, because of the way you're building your empire or because of your expectations of yourself and your business, you didn't win. You really, really lost. Because at the end of your life, you're not going to be sitting around thinking about all the followers you had on Instagram. You're going to be thinking about the moments that you had with the most precious people in your life. And I never want the people in my life to say, oh, I know what Julie's priority is. It's something other than me. I want them to know in words and action and in time and effort and energy, I want them to know that they're priority. And we actually, Andre and I actually had a conversation uh, this last weekend. We work-life balance convo, which are great. Like, I feel I, we need to just check in with your spouse. Seriously. Like, I, I laid it all out there this past weekend with Andre. I said, I know that there's all this stuff going on in my business, but I want to make sure that, every, you know, you're good. Where are you at? Where are we at? Like just checking in, like what is it that you need more of? And, and it, was so, it was so cool because in this conversation, like we both came to the table with what it is that like we want to create a life that we want. And so one of the things that I, you know, told him was I was like, you know, there's areas that I want to do more expressing to you. I want to I want to be in, more intentional about how I express love to you because I know you and I know what your needs are and I want to make sure that I'm creative in all seasons for you. And um you know as a mom and as an entrepreneur it's it's it is really um fun and exciting to be creative in those spaces. But for me as a wife, it's really important that my that my husband gets that part of my gifting as well. And because um, there's more than enough creativity to go around. So it just takes intentionality of like slowing down and figuring out what is it that I want? How, you know, how do I want to live? What is it do I, that I want in my life? And then checking in with the people that are most important to you and making sure that they're priority. And I've, I've always said this, especially when I started um, doing these photo shoots with my sister. You can see them on my Instagram. But we started, my sister started this movement of women and um, we do photo shoots every month and it's just about stepping out and being yourself. And, and 
I started doing these photo shoots and, and my heart started to change and my life started to change because I was just really becoming more confident in myself and my body and all these amazing things. But I remember um, at the time there were some other women that were in the community that were getting some uh, some feedback, some negative feedback about their clothing or their images or whatever it was that other people were imposing their judgments on someone else. And I remember making this statement because I started, um, I started wearing different clothes that were just different style than what I was used to in particular, because I was healing from a lot of different trauma in the past about being a Christian and not being able to wear um, clothing, a particular style of clothing. There was just some ideologies and some imposed um, standards that I felt like were on me. And so as I started to step out of those and realize what I really believed about that area and what I really believed about myself, my body, and clothing that I wanted to wear, I remember making this statement, and I still feel this way, is that if I feel peace about it and if I'm honoring my husband then everybody else's you like and I'm honoring my husband I'm honoring my kids I'm honoring um these relationships as the top priority and I'm not disrespecting any of them the world's judgments on me don't matter because if I show up in my space and I'm wearing something that I love and my husband's like yes girl you rock that and somebody else says well I don't think that you should be wearing that that person can take that and go and that's okay they can they can feel that way but i realized there were so many places in my life that i just was taking on other people's convictions and wearing them as mine and um it's really freeing to not do that it's very freeing to say and and settle in yourself like yourself and god and settle in what it is that you believe and letting letting people that you trust and that are safe check you sometimes when they're like oh girl like what what's what's going on with this but if people don't have that space in your life, like just letting them go. And I feel like, you know, it, that same mentality of if you are running your business and you're honoring your family, you're honoring your kids and you're, and everybody's good, then it doesn't matter what everybody else says and imposes upon you their opinions about how you run your brand. Like if you're good with the people that are most important to you and you're good with God and you're settled and you have a peace, girl, you just do it. And you just keep doing it and, you know, letting the letting safe people speak into your life, but not every single person that knows you is that voice. So choosing that voice strategically. But girl, it is 2019. We're in March. This is your time to rise up, to get stuff done, to make it happen. And don't just listen to it and get pumped up, but actually make some strategic shifts so that you can start moving towards more of the life that you want. So, so much love. I can't wait to fill you in on the adventures next time. I will talk to you soon. So much love. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing week. Okay, bye.